<laughs> Got a little Rottweiler coming out of there. Little prairie dog. All right. Episode 39 of the world famous Stick in Ring podcast. I'm here with my boy Josh, as always. What's up, Josh? What up? What up? How's it going? Eli, we're short one. We're short one today. Uh, Beer short of a six pack. Yeah. <laughs> we are a man down today. Um, I'm still getting flatulence wafted in my face, even though Raffle's not here. Josh is fresh brew coming in hot. Still on. smells like pierogi. Yeah. The smell is present. Ugh. February 9th. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Josh, you know what I've been thinking about all day? Valentine's Day. Mybookie.ag. <laughs> um, I'm a betting man. I live, eat, breathe, sweat, goosebumps. I cry gambling. That's all I do. Yeah. I think about money. I think about <laughs> secondary income. I think about residual income. I think about free money. And it just has me thinking back to mybookie.ag. Um, if you haven't heard of them, newsflash. You can bet money there on sports and win money. Now, I'm hoping all my listeners are smart and they know which teams to bet on. Like me, I bet on the Red Wings today. I bet on the Red Wings against the god-awful Boston Bruins and I made money. I did it on mybookie.ag because I'm a smart guy. Now... The real kicker, the real kick in the groin, the real kicking your ass to get you up in the morning. Promo code, THPN, THPN, THPN. That will get you half of your money that you deposit for free. An additional half of your money, an additional 50%. That's half of your original deposit Huge for free. Guy. Huge numbers. That's actually a fact. Numbers are facts. Math is facts. MyBookie.ag is facts. Win money, bet money. Every damn day. That's my slogan. How do yeah, you like that? Mortgage. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. get this episode going. <laughs> Gag. Oh, harder, baby. All right, Josh. Um, Epi 39. Epi 39. And oh, we're back. God. We're back. No, we're gone. We're back. We're back on the pain train. All aboard the panic train. <laughs> choo choo. Jonathan Chee Choo. <laughs> Fuck. The Canucks Dude. fucking suck right now. In rough. God <laughs> damn it. It's like dragging your nuts through just shattered glass for a oh, while. Oh my god. Like was... even Finn couldn't cheer me up right now. Even in my best buddy. <laughs> this bastard in a mascot suit couldn't cheer me up. Josh, we've lost four in a row. We lost last night to our arch rivals, the Calgary Flames. Yep. 6-2. Yep. Uh, it was in doubt. I don't want to say it was never in doubt. Minnesota. We lost to, to the soda pod. Some bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you, Isha. Yeah, did an interview with Isha Jerome, all confident before saying, yeah, we're going to fucking dominate you. Face off dot, behind the net, in the net, cross the goal line. Didn't do shit, though. We <laughs> lost. Didn't do nothing. We lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. Dude, it's been a tough four games. It has. Yeah. Um, currently, as Josh picks his toenail, it kind of reminds me that Sometimes things seem better than they are. Yeah. And about two weeks ago, I felt on top of the world. Dude, after the All-Star break, I felt on top of the world. 100%. Top of the division. Like we're on a five-game winning streak. We were what? Like pro At that point, we were probably, I want to say like 12. Because before this losing streak, we were 14 something and something. It was something cool. I already forget. I mentioned in a previous stat. podcast. Yeah, it was a stat I we blew up in, the, in a couple episodes ago. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. And then the rest of the NHL just took just as peace big of a piece off of us as you're taking off your toe right now yeah, like thick <laughs> two c's it's actually fucked it's big time yeah it's starting to hurt <laughs> <laughs> he's got blood pouring down his foot now just like the canucks ego oh my God. um where should we start man where should well, we go okay well why don't we just 
Uh, Minnesota, I, I don't want to talk about it. It just makes me sad. Okay. Um, yeah, it kind of brings me back to the... Let's uh, into Calgary. Yeah, like Andrew Brunette scores on you. You're like, fuck, this sucks. You know, honestly, lo- looking at the highlights of that game, because I was at work and I couldn't watch it, but I watched the nine-minute highway package. Yeah. It seemed that every single shot that Calgary had, Markstrom was made to have a big save moment like absolutely so many like honestly that game should have been like a tampa bay game that should have been like a 9-2 game yeah and i i don't know i i i know exactly what you're saying because i watched the exact same nine minute highlight highlight package and i did also watch the game but in even in the game and everything about it you seem to see about like two or three big saves in every clip or every other clip mm-hmm. and the shot count doesn't go up by much no, like like not. every time you see a, a a clip segment like that you expect to see big saves but you expect the shot clock or the shot counter to go up from like 15 to 21 yeah, to 28 like 24 was a big save and then 27 was a even bigger save yeah like okay guys like let's start to reel it in here. yeah it was everything it was like 19 20 22 Seriously, and you're like holy like, shit like, looking at like markstrom was phenomenal but at the same time like calgary's passes were just hitting yeah they just were like on fucking my book you like the bets were hit oh dude yeah the they the were just on a roll like odds were there right for them you had a promo code they had their promo code and it was uh jacob markstrom fuck you yeah <laughs> <laughs> jm fuck yourself yeah. and honestly what we should say is that jacob markstrom struggled in the first period yeah uh most people would say that he was screening those goals and that he didn't really have a chance in them. What I would say is that when Markstrom is at his best and when any goalie is at their best, they are fighting to find the puck yeah. in a good way. Like they, mm-hmm. they battle to find the puck. Right. And when you're really on top of your game and you're on fuego, mm-hmm. you find every single one of those pucks. But Very true. And it's not easy to do. It's not a no. his. It's not a blemish, in my opinion, or like a lack of skill. I think it's just... Sometimes your intuition or sometimes your skill leads you the wrong way with that. So Yeah, I mean, uh, on the four-game skid, who do we lose to in the first one? Carolina? Uh, the four-game heater, you mean? Oh, yeah. the four-game skid. Like, yeah, it would be Carolina. It would be Carolina and OT. Okay, so you know what? Carolina, good team. They're, they're not a bad team at all. Um, Boston, like top of the division. Like, Best cup, team in the league. Cup, cup favorite, okay? Yeah. Minnesota is is not bad right now they are not bad they they're on a i think they're on a four game winning streak if i'm right and they're not the doormat everyone makes them out to be they're not like but the thing about minnesota is like they're a contender i'm just looking it up right now i believe they're 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 last in their division or at least they were they passed chicago oh there you go so dude they are right there for a playoff spot yeah they're one they're one point behind nashville oh and and like you know they have fit, they are they, four points they have, out of a playoff spot. They have two games at hand with Winnipeg too. Like this is not over for Minnesota. Like, no, you can't, not at all. Um, the, this is the thing about the Central is like no team is out of contention. You yeah. just have to shit on the Pacific Division and rack up your points and still not make the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually so choked. Like you have to beat the the bad teams of the Pacific and the okay teams of the Pacific, and then like you said, miss out on the wild card. Yeah, because seriously, because Vancouver is the top of the Pacific with sixty five points. In 56 games, Winnipeg, 63 points, and they're in fourth place. It's crazy. In Central, like it, yeah. it's it, this division is so tight right now, and we're playing all these fucking Central teams, and they're coming in and they're kicking our asses. Yeah. And so when people say Josh, you're a pussy for being scared of playing in Chicago, fuck you. This division is hungry, and they are literally the hyenas, and we're like the fucking Pumbas. And you know what? Coming up, we're gonna get back to this Calgary outlook a little bit more. Yeah. But on your point, 
the next two games coming up, Nashville Predators tomorrow. There you go. Two days from now, or two days from then, Chicago Blackhawks. Yep. Two huge games, too. Tomorrow's Legends Night. Yep. We got new rafters going up for Linden, Bure, Nasland, and Smeal. I nailed that. I fucking nailed that. Stan Smeal. Stan Smealy. Love it. You'll get to know the name. Don't worry. Yeah, okay. He's way out of my time even to know who he is. Yeah. Was he the first captain? Uh no he that was Orlan Curtinback he was the first he was, <laughs> that's such a good <laughs> how could you forget right Curtinback how can you forget Orlan <laughs> Orlan guy's old as dinosaur shit yeah, he's as old as his name makes him sound to be I'm gonna tell a funny story here just about okay. old age okay so hit me so my dad was golfing down in Arizona and uh, I wasn't there but he he was playing with three other guys it was uh my dad was a plus one there was another plus one then there was a father and son the son was maybe around like 25 25 years old like hilarious guy this guy was just talking shit the entire time it was a great time the other plus one was older like he was like 75 80 years old oh boy okay so they're they're all in the tee box or getting their ball whatever ready to tee off and uh 25 year old goes up to this plus one and uh he's like uh and and this old guy was striking the ball pretty good and the younger guy goes up to him. And he's like, geez, like, you're in that pretty well. Like, like, how old are you? He's like, oh, like, I'm like 85 years old. And he's like, Jesus Christ. He's like, he's like 85. He's like, did you know Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> and my dad was just, my dad couldn't even hit the ball after. He was pissing himself <laughs> laughing. Like, just on the tee box, like, and instantly everyone was just relaxed on the course, right? Like, yeah. someone just cracks that joke. And, oh, my really God. Really break the t- ice. Yeah. yeah. My dad told me that. He's just like, holy shit. He's like, I couldn't even you're hold really it. You're really crushing the ball. You should come up. <laughs> from the ladies to yeah, holy shit like, holy fuck that's yeah, crazy it was man. good it was a good story love that yeah. um okay so jumping back into this calgary game mm-hmm. um let's kind of talk canucks specifically so we hit we hit on markstrom a little bit there yeah um we got some big injury news uh besser. brock besser most likely a separated shoulder so what i hear uh not a terrible one i didn't know there was different grades of separation yeah uh apparently this is not a divorce this is yeah. more of just a amicable small break so it's going to be about three weeks is what i hear three to four weeks yeah that's tough and you know what this applies to multiple things in vancouver vancouverites will understand the same and especially when the canucks go on a four-game skid but also in the weather when it rains it fucking pours yeah in vancouver <laughs> <laughs> no shit like, it does no seriously yeah. like when are we expected to have furlan back like we need someone to kind of jump in right he's been skating with the team and that's it yeah like i was talking to a couple guys and you know they weren't like they're canuck fans but you know i'm a podcaster and i know so much so you're a professional is what yeah you're i'm a professional yeah. yeah i'm great at what <laughs> i do um and, you know, they're like, Besser's not scoring, Besser's not scoring. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, guys, you have to remember where the Canucks are at. Like, you know, JT Miller is this added depth scoring. But now that Besser's out, like, do you think the expectations, they're going to have to go way up for Miller and Pedersen. Like, you're going to have to throw this team yeah. on your back. I think I think the, the change in landscape has to come from the style of victory that we're going to get. Yeah. Like, it can't, when you don't have Besser, when you don't have your depth, and when Horvat and Patterson aren't playing great games. Yeah. You're going to have to win games 2-1 like we've been talking about all damn year. Like yeah. you got to find a way to win low-scoring games. And I think at the, at that point like you know in terms of people that need to step up defense man, they need they need to find those ways to win. Like you, yeah. you have to be comfortable staying at home and almost like playing it a little safer than you Absolutely. usually do. Yeah, there was a game a couple a, a few games ago, I forget who was against, 
Um, I imagine if I look at the schedule, I'd actually be able to remember pretty quickly. But we had the lead in the third period, and we got dummied in the third period. Like, they were all over us the entire time. In the Calgary game? No, no, no. This was a few games ago, and it, it was because an awful win. Too. I think, I think like it was the were... Islanders game. Okay. Um, But basically, they were all over us the entire time. It might not even be that game, but we gave up a shit ton of shots, and yeah. we were basically guarding a one-goal lead. Mm -hmm. And I loved it because it was – you could see our team playing the Hal Gill hockey where you're just off glass and out, see ya. Yeah. And – you know what? That's not yeah. That's not great. It's not entertaining hockey, and it's not going to work mo all the time. But, but you have to be comfortable. To, the team has to learn how to do it. Like you have to honestly, you have to be comfortable sometimes playing that fucking trap game. Exactly. Like you know what? Like when you're grinding and when you're dealing with injuries, you know, one goal games. It's not the best for fans, but they're W's. Yeah, W's they are. are W's. Like yeah. there's no other way around that. And there's got to be some sort of mix of like yeah, Pearson scores in the first thirty seconds. You're not going to play Hal Gill hockey right away. No. But is there some sort of mix of like, okay, now you you have the advantage in the game in the sense that like you got some momentum, yes, but now some things will open up more than they already were going I to. I agree. So, yeah. Um, I think honestly, like up until, you know, the first period, like fuck, like you look at Tanner Pearson's going like, okay, like we're, we're off to a hot start. Like anytime you can score within the first five minutes, I don't care what team you're playing. They're easily feeling on their heels. Like, holy shit. Yeah. It might be one of those nights. Oh yeah. Like you haven't even rolled all four lines yet. Probably. They, they definitely don't feel like they've lost, but they feel like a, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. Especially when you're the away team too. Yeah. a rivalry game, no less playing your division rival. They're top of the division. You know, like there's so many intangibles that can be, that uh, can be set there. And, Lots of weird bounces too. Like Pearson's first goal was kind of like a, he did a good job of like shooting the puck right off his stick. Yeah. Um. But same with Derek Ryan. Derek Ryan did that to tie it up at one. Yeah. And then you know there was a funny bounce for uh. God. Yeah. God at that just yeah. let him waltz right out front. So Riddick's probably like, you know, you can't be too choked at that one. Like yeah. it's just a shit bounce. That was the last goal I watched live before I headed out for the day, and. Mm. I was I was pumped. I was like, you know what? The bounces are on our side. Yeah. The crowd's behind us. This is our game tonight. And, and you know what though? Like even I think it was three two with how many minutes to go in the third? Oh, like, like I want to say like ten minutes. Yeah, like like that, like that game. Time. That game was still winnable. Like the yeah. the actual score did not really reflect the game that Vancouver played. By and any especially means. Markstrom. Mark's like we've touched on already. But yeah. The you're right. The entire team game we got dominated. Mm -hmm. Um. In the in the in the aspect of hockey that night, yeah, there were some great players on our side, but we got dominated the entire game. The, the score didn't reflect it though. No, it was a winnable game though. It was it within was. reach. It was just one play we needed. That's all. And, and I feel like you know, had Vancouver won that game, that would have been a huge deflation for Calgary's confidence because they're like, oh, yeah. holy shit, like we just can't score on yeah. Markstrom, and then Vancouver's just getting these bullshit bounces and you know, random random shots on our goalie. Yeah. And big save Dave can't can't make the stop, but Riddick had some nice saves too, so credit to him as well. Big time, yeah. Big save yeah. Dave, right? Yeah. He came through. Mm -hmm. uh, I did want to talk about Horvat a bit. Yeah. Uh, he was probably the best Canuck on the ice that night. He had night. some unreal chances and some oh, unreal yeah. moves. Oh, as just well. like pure like speed. Just through the legs. I'm like, holy shit, Bo, yeah. like drive to the net, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Um some people don't like it. They don't like when it's the whole individual put your head down and go. I love it. But you know what, though? As a captain, when you're on a three-game skid, like, what that shows me is this guy's throwing the Canucks on his back. He's like, hey, like, I'm going to try and get the ball rolling myself, and I want you guys to follow me. Exactly. That's he, what I see from He's him. not known as a guy that doesn't pass, too. So, like, seeing this seeing yeah. this guy put it in, take it upon himself, 
yeah. to bury his head and go at the net. He's I got love a good, that. He's got a good shot. He's a big body. He's, he's got, a physical guy. He's got he's everything. Wheels. Yeah, and, and he's everything you want in a captain. Like, the guy can skate. Like, yeah. he's he's a five-tool player for sure. The only thing is him and him and Besser before he got injured were definitely very snake-bitten and continue yeah. to be on the score sheet. So, yeah. I've, I have it written down here that my – my outlook on the rest, the next five games or so, it, it was Horvat slash Besser finding some finish would be key to getting this team back in the W call. Yeah. But obviously that now becomes more, mostly Horvat and someone else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I truly believe that Pedersen's going to consistently find his game for the most part. Yes. Uh, Hughes is going to always be a threat and command attention from the other team. But also at the same time can sometimes be a defensive liability as well. Yeah, definitely. I've, yeah. I've been noticing that all year, and it's it's a negative aspect to put on his game, but he's not a shutdown Chara every time he's on the ice, no one's scoring. And like, I think at the same time, though, like that's just the comfortability you have to have with your team. <laughs> I'm sorry. Josh's toe is actually bleeding, and I, I, I want to shit myself. It hurts like a motherfucker. You're like a little kid who just found out that picking your nails is not good. Ah, it's okay. I've done that too many times in my Jesus, life. Jesus, fuck that hurts. Good luck with the next couple of days. I'll put a sock on. Let's take you to the beach. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get some sand I'm in that bad boy. To, I'm supposed to golf tomorrow. <laughs> it's, on it's, my front foot. <laughs> it's on my pivot. <laughs> it's on my pivot toe. It's on my pivot. <laughs> You're watching. You're going to make that excuse like, oh, I three-putted. It's my fucking toe. <laughs> it's my, I, <laughs> irritating me. I can't kneel down and wind up my putts. I have to stand. Please, son, you have a band-aid. It actually doesn't even fuck off. You fucking pussy. <laughs> um, okay, so why don't we... Look at this motherfucker. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's as thick as the Bible. Holy yeah, shit. I just ripped off half my toenail. <laughs> um, Should we tweet it out? That's not a bad picture. <laughs> It'd be nice for the fans. We should get you to eat it. <laughs> or like use as dental floss. <laughs> it's free, baby. All of our fans are gagging right now. Um, so why don't we jump into kind of the outlook for the next little while here? Because it's a very important week for the Canucks. Yeah. As we as we touched on, um, we've got two ceremonies coming up this week. Legends Night. Yeah. Going to be retiring some jerseys. And then we got mm-hmm. the, the Sedin's jersey retirement coming on Thursday. That is a huge night. Yeah. All your and money on the Canucks. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Of course, it's against Chicago. Yeah, in Vancouver. Kane so just Kane by a million on that one. Kane by a million? No, the Canucks by a million. If you cannot win, dude, there's gonna be tears everywhere. Watch, watch Andrew Ladd and Big Buff just sit in the press box and <laughs> just be staring at the <laughs> mean no mug of the Sedins. Big Buff, he's like, I'm just gonna fuck with Vancouver. Just holding one up more the time. ring. Yeah, what's up, Sedins? I'd be like, fuck you guys, man. Yeah. Um, Zamboni not required for that night. There will be enough tears to flood the ice. Yeah. It will be okay. Yeah. I already saw a Budweiser commercial where I got teared up because their impact. With the Sedins? Yeah. Really? 100%. It's really good. It obviously just highlights the human aspect of them and what they did off the ice. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible. You can, you can highlight it over and over again, but it just, it never really stops resonating with you. So, yeah. Um, fuck. We got, we got some tough games. Nashville. Not both, easy. Both teams fighting for playoff spots. Dude, too. It's gonna be tougher than my fucking toe right now. It's, 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 it's turf toe. It's tough. It's a circle me AJ. AJ Green. Oh god. <laughs> Out for the year, turf toe. Over the year, turf toe. Camp Josh's podcast. golf season ends before it even begins. <laughs> Fuck. Damn. Um so we are in must win territory right now. We are, right? The, this has to there's there's no excuse. You're at home right now. You're playing a struggling Nashville team that is starting to slip. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, with with loss comes desperation. But the thing is though, is Vancouver now is a desperate team. 
Absolutely. I'm going to put them in as desperate because what you don't want to do, and here's the issue, and I'm just thinking about this now because I have so many impulsive thoughts Dude, when, when we do this, is when you're on a skid going into the deadline, the last thing you want to do is be like, okay, maybe this is the actual team and we need to add or we need to get rid of. Yeah. And you make a stupid deal to try and improve your franchise because Besser's out. Because of recency bias. Because, yeah. I mean, it's hard not to talk about that though, right? Oh, it is. Like for for now that Besser's out, like I mean, I assume you talked about with the Calgary guy today. Um, you know, with Giordano being out, like is it you know, it's easy for Calgary to go out and be like, "Hey, we need another defenseman. Like you need to add that." Yeah. Right now, so my question would be is going down the stretch cuz I'm looking at the schedule just in the next like 10-12 games. Those are not easy. Like, we got Boston no. again. We got Montreal. Like, we got a lot of yeah. hard teams coming up. It's a lot of, like, fuck, we should have won a couple of games recently kind of schedule. And you're kind of missing, like, your your one of your franchise goal scorers. Yeah. You know, so it makes you wonder, like, does Jim Benning now, is he forced to kind of make a move? Where are you on that? Uh, with or without Besser uh, well, in the lineup? He, let's just say he's going to be out for three weeks. Yeah. But he's coming back. So like, yeah, I, um, you know what? Three weeks actually isn't that long, uh, yeah. but at the same time though, like you're kind of coming down to the stretch where three weeks can make a big difference. Three. Holy shit. If we're struggling for three weeks, if this is PD out for three weeks. You're you, making a move. You probably make a move. You go, you have to make a move. I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm uh, torn on it. Honestly, I think, what do you sell? What do you give up? Picks. Do you, do you really give up picks, picks or prospects? For this season? Like picks or prospects. You know, yeah, other than other know. than Hughes, like who do we have kind of coming up right now? Poldzogan, uh, yeah. or Pol, you know? Colson, but yeah, Paul Colson, bad actually. Yeah, uh, we have a ton of prospects. Yeah, probably like the top ten prospect pool in the league. Yeah. Um, At the same time, though, that gives well. you the flexibility. We would never. We this team is not in the position to fire off big prospects. No, I wonder about depth prospects and the bottom. The, the yeah, five to and, 10 and I think also conditional picks as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, like there, not, there is also idea. that possibility. It, it's just a weird dynamic because Besser's injury doesn't change anything about about the immediate future because, or sorry, about the long term future this no, season. Because no, because he's he's coming back. He is this coming team back. Should be able to stay afloat at least. It, this team is capable of playing five hundred hockey. I think at so the same. I think also at the same time though, like even if Besser was in the lineup, it is still something to consider because like even when Besser is in the lineup. You know, Vancouver, like, they are goal scoring, but, you know, it seems like the defense still can't get it done. So is it beneficial to add a defenseman? Or should you just be like, hey, you know what? We're going to accept that defense isn't good. We're going to ride out Markstrom because he's hot as, like, a fucking... He's hot as a $9 Rolex or whatever the fuck that saying is. $5 Rolex. Love it. Um, And just be like, hey, we're just going to ride scoring. We're going to be comfortable with Markstrom, letting in a couple goals a night. But we need depth scoring, and you kind of go out and sell that, yeah. and anticipate Furlan coming back, which he will, and Besser coming back, and just kind of add like a bottom six guy. Okay. Yeah. Interesting alerts. Something I want like no that. trades. I want nothing. Yeah. Give me young defenseman from the, the AHL to, to fill in some spots if we yeah. have to. Mm-hmm. Maybe trade for a seventh defenseman. That's all I want. Okay. I'm a little down on Jordy Ben now with everyone else because of the way he played in that last game. Yeah. And. Now with Vandenberg's injury, we don't have a lot of defensive depth other than young guys. But Trade for Sammy Vatman. Oh boy, no. Or Brendan Dillon, the guys from the West Coast. I don't know. It's just what like I could get on board with that one, I guess. Brendan Dillon. 
Yeah. Yeah, I could too. 100%. I, could. Um, I mean, just looking at the next game. So we have Nashville, Chicago, Anaheim, Minnesota, Boston, Montreal, Ottawa, and Toronto. There's some winnable games in there. Those are some winnable games. And, uh, you know, we are going on another three-game roadie at the end of the month into Eastern Canada. Shit. Not easy. So, um, I mean... Th- it just makes these these next two games even more must win. These yeah. Next, well, well, because sorry, these we're are in the middle of another five at home. But yeah. But more on my point, I mean, the next two to three are must win games. Hundred percent. Like you have to beat Nashville. You have to beat Chicago. If you lose one of those games, that's cool. You better win the other one, and your next one is Anaheim, and that you better fucking win. Yeah. Because that's division. That is just like any California team now we're playing. It's got to be a win. You have to take advantage of those three teams yeah. in your division because they are fucking bottom feeders right now. So, anyway, that's the way that I see it. Yeah, definitely. Um, we do have an interview on deck now with uh, with Brad Baroud of the Flames Unfiltered podcast, also part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So, um, do you think it's time we had it? Throw it over to that. Yeah, let's over throw there. it over to him. Unfortunately, yeah. I was unable to make it because Elijah fucked up the times. Yeah, I forgot that our homie that does the Flames podcast is pretty close to calgary all the way to north dakota yeah and that's central time not mountain time yeah so i'm gonna fuck myself on that one yeah say sorry josh we're gonna rip up another interview after this one though yeah and we're gonna be posting that on thursday our yeah. first interview together Love stay it. tuned check it out yeah it's gonna be wild yeah um other than that we kind of me and me and my homie brad we broke down the the flames game even in more depth yeah. we talked about it on much more of a flames perspective so you'll get to hear his thoughts on that love that um yeah love it all right well brad sorry i couldn't meet you but we'll easily have some flames talk down the stretch especially if we're meeting in the playoffs take it away and take me here for this toenail talk my god oh harder baby all right everyone it is now my pleasure to bring on one of our first interviews probably actually we'll call it our first interview of the season we're gonna bring on brad barood of flames unfiltered also part of the hockey podcast network now he's all the way from north dakota so we got to give him some props for even staying up to talk to my dumbass. so we're going to jump right into this. And, uh, you know, last night it was two teams both on losing streaks from a division just full of losing streaks after the All-Star break. And the Canucks came up with a 6-2 loss, and I'm choked. I'm choked, Brad. You're probably on top of the world right now, but... I, I don't know if I'd say that. Okay. So um, let's talk um, about it right now. I mean, my first question for you... Um, it's actually very specific considering we just haven't even said anything about the game yet, but how much does this... Kachuk versus Miller fight actually affect the game, the outcome of the game? Like, does that actually have any direct out, any direct impact on that outcome? Um, you know, initially when it happened, I was pissed. Really? I was okay. pissed. Yeah. Because I have been extremely frustrated with the Flames over the last week and a half. And when, when he dropped the gloves, I wasn't mad at him, I guess. I was more mad at, like, Really, this is what it's come to. Our team has our second leading scorer being the guy that has to not only score the goals to get us back into games, but now he has to fight to get us back into games, and it pissed me off. It so pissed me off. It sounds like it pissed you off because it, it, it's like a one-man tugging the whole rope kind of thing. Is that, That's what you feel like? That's what I, that's what I feel like. And, and I'm not saying that like, there isn't some of the guys that are, have been good. Like I've been really impressed with Lindholm and stuff like that. But um, – yeah, I, w- I was actually pissed. And how much did it change the game? Um, <laughs> initially, I would have said it, it probably didn't. But after hearing some of the inter- post-game interviews and just some of the talk, um, 
I think it was maybe more of a, in an odd way, a wake up call maybe. Yeah. I think, I think it very well could have been. I mean, I, I was listening to that first five minutes on the radio on the way home and I, it, it's crazy how, in how different games can be. And within a minute, I already felt like I had missed a whole hockey game. Like we got a goal in a home arena that's buzzing when the team's back. We've got a fight from two from a guy who I'd never expected to fight in that game. So, <laughs> and they were saying how it was premeditated. Probably came from warm up. I mean, fireworks, fireworks within the first came from warm up. That well, they're probably I mean, they obviously the- talked about it because as soon as the puck dropped, the center and the yeah. wing, I mean, it was obviously discussed. But I thought maybe it was discussed, and I didn't like replay the tape and try to watch, you know, like interaction after the goal. But I, I thought it was more maybe like on the bench, like during the goal line change yeah. or whatever, where it's like, all right, I need to spark it. You and re- you ready to go with me or, maybe, you know, maybe it could, it could have been. Yeah. Um, my, my take on it is that just kind of getting back to that idea, like that it felt like there was many different hockey games within that one hockey game. And that first minute was all Canucks. I felt it was a good fight for the Canucks, whether if you want to, aside momentum to any side of it i think it was even at worst if not it was good for the canucks it just kept the energy in the building going and you know there were people on canucks twitter saying like uh let's let's please not have our 20 goal score fighting but i mean you got kachuk fighting too so it's it's that's what we were saying too (laughs) exactly so um kind of moving on here and going a different direction just for a half second um brad baroud for my fan base he's got a controversial tweet out there right now he's he's got a tweet and it says, I, I don't have the direct quote, but I'm pretty sure what it says is there anyone in the NHL more than Marshawn that you want to smash other than Pedersen? Now, better words, probably, it probably is used, but basically the most controversial tweet that you could have made because now all of Vancouver is probably going to place blame on you. <laughs> but we, we got to talk about the treatment of Pedersen in that game because I actually think that was a huge key for him probably having one of his top five worst games of the season. I think it was huge. I think it was... And and I'm not trying to be a smartass by saying this, but it would be worrisome if I was a Canucks fan. Yeah, definitely. Like the what, what would be worrisome the way the way he reacted or kind of the game that he yeah. had because of it. Well, he, it started early. Backlund gave him a good old cross check in the back, and yep. um, and then it just seemed to take him off his game. And you know, later on, Backlund, I will admit, kind of gave him a little bit of a slew foot. Um, and then two seconds later, Pedersen kind of gave Kachuk a slew foot. Yeah. And then they were, you know, the, but there was, it seemed like um, Pedersen was, was taken off his game. And, and, and where it was really evident was on the fifth goal that Calgary scored, the, uh, the puck came through the neutral zone to Pedersen. And he could have easily grabbed it, but there was a Calgary guy bearing down on him to lay a, a hit on him. And Pedersen let it go, which caused a turnover and resulted in a, in an odd man rush and a goal. And at that point I'm like, okay, we're, we're actually, are we actually in somebody's head? Cause we've yeah. struggled with that this year. Um, and I'm not saying that I want Calgary to go out and be dirty and, and hurt people or, or hurt Patterson, no, but you know, it's no secret that when, when Gaudreau was firing on all c- cylinders last year, he was targeted. Oh yeah, absolutely. And if teams and look at how Johnny reacted in the playoffs, he was a complete no show, yeah. complete no show. And, and I, I totally understand your tweet too, because, and maybe you can sympathize this from a fan's perspective is that when you have your best player or your most skilled player, your superstar, your hundred point guy, and he looks brittle as, a, as anything, like he, he looks like he could crumble at any moment. 
you're that much more terrified that he's going to take an absolute blockbuster of a hit. Like when you got Blake Wheeler or Mark Shifley as your best offensive forwards, you're not really that worried. No, no, you're not at all. So, I mean, I do take, I do take issue with that you want or the way the tweet was worded because you somehow put Marshana and Pedersen in the same category. (laughs) Which that's like heaven and hell. That should never happen. But <laughs> well, I okay. figured it would aggravate. So you you gotta have those things. You gotta yeah, have that. That's fair. Good old Canucks Nation isn't usually one to forgive, but I will. No, Let's and I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. <laughs> um, okay, so and, and just to kind of sum up my opinion of the the treatment of Pedersen, I mean, I I think it's one thing. It, it's it's one thing to analyze the way it's happening and that it is going uncalled the entire time. But this is what I'm going to say is that. Every, that Scott Oak clip that he that he did in the intermission or at the end of the game, I don't know when it was. I think it was near the end of the game. Second intermission, right? Yeah, somewhere around then. Almost, I think there was the first play I had issue with. Maybe one of the first ones. And every other thing I was okay with. And in fact, I would even go as far as to say that all of those plays, even together, I, I don't mind as much as the one Grizzly hit that they had in the Bruins game the other day that was like two and a half seconds late. Like I would much rather the Canucks have a bench brawl towards that one hit than get a penalty for any of those plays against against Pedersen in the Calgary game. Did it bother you that there was no reaction? Uh, I like the little the little cross checks here and there, maybe the slew foot or maybe any kind of anything that knocks him down viciously. That that kind of I, I think there should be something. There doesn't have to be a fight. There has to be some sort oh, of conversation, I think. Some sort of yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. And, but it, it did seem like a concentrated team effort. Like there wasn't one flame, you know? No, I thought Backlund was really hard on him last night, which is yep. very unbacklund like. Yeah. If you, I mean, it really is. So yeah. maybe the Canucks are double taking. Like, what the I, fuck? Is I've he, never, like, I've never seen Backlund do this. So yeah. I mean, I was actually like giving him props, uh, you know, because that's very uncharacteristic of him. But yeah. um, it wasn't like Lucic was bearing down on him, or we weren't like sending no. goons after him. I mean. We had normal players just making his life rough, and isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, and, absolutely. And and that's going to make. Him, but when you see your best player neutralized like that, of course that the nation's going to get all up in arms about it, you know. I, I yeah, I've. So, I kind of have a hot take on on the game, and maybe just my my coaching tip for Calgary here is, and it's kind of a statement: is is this is the Flames team better when Goudreau is not the scorer, or not the the guy to finish the play. Like, it seemed like he had a great game setting up every play and being a dangerous guy in the ice, but finding other people. And it seems like the games that I watch of the Flames, which are very few and far in between, it seems like Kachuk is the driver of the offense. And Goudreau, if he's, I don't want to say the second, but if he's not looked at as like the, the McDavid of the Flames, then it seems like your team has more success. Is that completely out of nowhere? Um, we haven't had a lot of success this year with Goudreau period yeah and i thought he was okay saturday but i don't think he was even close to the levels he was last year oh, um, definitely not um i think kachuk's a big driver for the offense but i think our biggest driver honestly is is lindholm okay. I, re- I really feel that and know. um now last night lindholm was re um repaired up with gaudreau and monahan which he played 98 percent of last year and I've been really critical of Jeff Ward in line shuffling. Um, I understand why coaches do it, but I think that you have to develop some kind of consistency and work through some good times and bad times as a group with consistent lines to have long-term success. 
And we've been real quick to be like, oh, we haven't scored. It's the end of the first period, and uh, now we need to throw them in a blender. And I think last night, just Gaudreau, I think Gaudreau looked better just because he had Lindholm and Monaghan going next to him. And um, But if I could have the Johnny Gaudreau back of the first half of last year, I would definitely take that back. Yeah, because I guess when I'm when I'm visioning the the Flames in absolute must win games or playoff games, and I'm looking at who's going to be your biggest impact player, I feel like Matthew Kachuk is way more physically suited and way more mentally suited to be that guy who has those kind of expectations to. I, I don't know what play specifically to make, but if Goudreau is the one that you're overlooking. I think that that sets up very well for this Flames team where he might be a guy who has extreme success in the playoffs if he doesn't have those McDavid-type expectations where we're all looking at him for a three-point night every night. Well, if he doesn't have success in the playoffs, he will be gone. Yeah, like that, is that a fact? I would be very, very shocked that if we do not make the playoffs or Gaudreau does not have a good first round, Man, that he will be gone. Johnny Hockey, breaking news. Brad Baroud, Johnny I, I, Hockey's treated. And I'm not the only guy. Eric Francis oh, yeah, is no. big time on this. There's and tons. I mean, it's not, it's definitely old, not me. You know, and, and the, the one devil's advocate point I'd make to that is you'd be selling him at an all time low. I'd be fine with that. Really? Because I guess well, maybe the. Well, the what real, are you going to do? Maybe you're going to keep. The realistic side of it is that he maybe he is an all time low bust, or maybe he has a, a bit of a way lower bust than he was projected. Well, you guys, he hasn't been sick. Okay, your star players, if you're going to be a team that wins a Stanley Cup, your stars have to be stars in the postseason. That's a fact. Have to be. Yep. Johnny Gaudreau has had one good postseason, and that was his rookie year when he had to have a strong postseason or he wasn't going to play. He was going to be a scratch. He was a rookie. It's a tough look for Johnny, but my, my sports fandom tells me that if, if the Flames are going to win one cup in the next seven years, next five years, whatever you want to call it, that they're not, all of these guys aren't going to have stellar playoffs every year. I mean, oh. it'd be great if they could be Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and just be absolutely flawless in that sense. But in reality, I do trust Sean Monaghan and I do trust Johnny Goudreau to one day figure it out. And you kind of hope that it, it's all along the same lines as the, as the rest of the team. So I, I'm personally against the side of always trade your star players. I think that's way too NBA and way to give up on your team too quickly. Yeah. But Flames Nation, they, they have a right to think their own opinions, whether or not they're completely I'm not, wrong or not. I'm not ready to give up on him. But I don't know how long you can wait. True. Because if we wait on him another year, we could get nothing in return. I mean – we can't, we got to get, we got to move him while he has some term because yeah. that's our bargaining chip is the term at that, at his price. What, so what's, it, what's his, his six, price right now? Six, four, six, five. Ooh. Ooh. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if that's he's not a hundred point guy, if, if he's even an 80 point guy, that's a nice term to be moving. So, you know, and I'm not saying I want to, if I was Brad for living, then I would be pulling the trade right now. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying like, how many more kicks at the can can this core have? Yeah. You know, you guys are on your first kick at the can this year. And that, that's why it feels it, you have, you're playing with house money at that point. I got a quick question for you. All right, fire away. Last year, the Calgary Flames had 
I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but it was six or seven guys have career years. Yeah. Career years. If you look at Vancouver's stats this year, individual player stats, you're having about six or eight guys have career years. Yeah. Does that leave you with a little bit of fear for next year as a fallback a little bit? I think fear is, is underselling it and a very underwhelming word for what I feel in that sense, because you and I have talked about this on other, another content episodes before it's a 12 month effect. It's you feel invincible one year and then I, I'm sure you, you're doing this and flames fans are doing this right now. You kind of blink and you're like, wait a sec, it's February and Goudreau's having this season and the flames are where in the standings and my coach is racist. And I'm sorry, what? Like, you know, every, everything's flipped on a dime and it's, it's absolutely insane what happens in sports in that sense. But on that note, this, this can relate to what we were just talking about in trading players and the kicks at the can in your window. I hate the term window because what is your goal as a sports fan? Is your goal as a sports fan, like for a Canucks fan, I'll, I'll bluntly tell you it's to win one championship in my goddamn lifetime. Like I don't care when it is, just win a Stanley Cup. So if we have this core and they fail, if we truly believe that they are a Stanley Cup winning core, and maybe it's a bit overinflated this year, which you I have a good core. We I have, believe oh, you have a good core. I, I will believe we and even the depth pieces. I love everything about this team. I think the team right now, with age, can be the winning team. Obviously, people will change in the in the role role supporting roles, but whatever. I don't think that you fire sale and you panic too early. And in fact, I'm way on the crazy side of things where I'm like, don't ever panic. Just ride it out. Let the Sedins play for 18 years. If it doesn't work, whatever. We'll have a great ceremony and we'll call it a day. Because that, that's, that's where my, my head is at for a sports fandom. So yes, I am well aware of the 12-month effect. But at the same time, fear is a motivator, Brad. That's all yep. I Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. One of the things I see with Vancouver that you guys have some really interesting – I mean, we all are dealing – Calgary is – I mean, the, the list goes on and on for teams that are dealing with um, cap crunch. Just 12 months ago, you guys had a abundance of cap space. Oh, yes. And look at how quickly that has went. And yeah. if you look at guys like, well, let's just cut to the chase here. What do you want to see happen with Markstrom? Because this is going to be a real, real interesting yeah. six I'm... months here, four months on where you guys go with Markstrom. Yeah. Maybe, your record would not be what it is now without him this year oh, because he's God, been no. amazing. And touching on the game that just happened last night, I mean, I originally thought just from radio and watching initial highlights and reading some things, okay, he, he was a bit rough. He let in a couple of goals, but it seemed like he was just fighting the puck in the first period. And then I watched some of the rest of the highlights and he was the only reason that game was not 12 to two. So yeah. yeah. now getting to what I think for the future, I think that, I, I, and maybe it's along the theme of don't deal with your problems and just let them simmer. And if they really destroy everything you love, then whatever. I think we deal with this next year. Um, I do think that uh, we've, I've talked about this on my, on my podcast endlessly, but it's a two goalie league. If you can find a way to lock up two goalies in an, an, a not outrageous amount of money, which I don't know how it would work with these two. I know that's, I, a... I would love to keep them, but obviously for the Ooh. expansion draft, it's not going to work, but I do think that there's, you know what, if it came down to it and we were sitting the day before the expansion draft and we have them both under contract, which I would love. Um, 
and we had to fork over something to Seattle to not take one of them. And maybe it was like, I might even say a first round pick or whatever it is. Sure. If you, if you got a good I'm, core, that's going, I'm yeah. good with even a first round pick. Exactly. I'm, I'm good with a lot, like a first round of process, whatever it has to be. I'm not intelligent enough to know what the, the actual package would be, but I don't give a, I don't give a damn, like send it over. Yep. But that being said, if I had to choose one, I'm going to go logical Demco. He's got age. But even saying you're that, comfortable like, letting marks from go though. I'm not really like not definitely not this year. Well, but, how much? Okay, so what what is he worth? Because he's UFA after this year. Yeah, and so mark, you have mark, till July one. Yeah, I, so I'm saying sign him for sure. How I much? Think I've heard I've heard anywhere. I've heard that he'll probably ask for six and a half. The Canucks will probably offer five seven, and they'll they'll settle somewhere in between there. Now, if he has a great playoffs, if they make the playoffs, I feel like I've cursed them. Um, I feel like that number is going up. I feel like it's going up to seven, seven, two. And then that almost prices Demko out. Cause he's not going to be like, well, I'm not, I mean, yeah. Demko's going to need money here in a year. Exactly. And so, then all of a sudden you got 12 million tied up in goalies and it's like, yeah, we got the great best goalie, yeah. Pat, but now we can't afford Patterson. And now we don't have any money. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> like so it's good. And you're, and you're not the only team. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting for a lot of teams. It is. And somehow we all have to look towards that, that, um, that Nirvana that Boston and, and, and Pittsburgh is in where somehow you convince these generational players and these, this three-headed monster to just take pay cut after pay cut. And I, think somehow, gonna, I think that you're going to see less and less of that. Um, I hate to admit it, but I always think hockey players are different than a lot of these other sport athletes. Um, and we'll do it for the cup and for a team. Yeah. But I think I'm seeing signs of more individualism amongst hockey players too. So yeah. the almighty dollars seems to win on that end too. I don't, I don't know. I, I see it on the, on the Colorado side of things. I think it was, was it McKinnon that said he would take less? Yeah. 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 There, there's, there's I think you're going to get some good old Canadian boys. that will do that. Oh, yeah. But I got a feeling you're going to get a lot of them. They're going to be like, well, why should I take less when, yeah. you know, Look at the Chicago situation. Duncan Keith takes less, and then Taze and Kane get the money, and he's sitting there going, well, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> it, well, I think Crosby has said this, and other guys have said this. It only works if everyone does it. <laughs> yes. You look you like know. a fool if only half of you do it. Like, yeah. It's, it's kind of shitty in that sense. But uh, here, here's to hoping, right, Brad? Yeah, exactly. When you, this is the problem we have, which is generational players on our team. Um. I had, a, I had another question just about the Calgary roster, obviously with Giordano out right now. Um, I was just kind of looking at the time of ice and just looking at the flow of play and who in the hell is your number two D man? Like, is it just by committee, three different guys right now? Yeah. And not just on paper, but like you look at TJ Brody, I think had the most ice time amongst defensemen for you guys. Yeah, Rasmus Anderson's going to be our guy. That's, that's your guy there. Yeah. And is he defensively responsible? Like, is he, Responsible. I don't worry. Two defensemen. Absolutely. Okay. I worry less about him than Brody and Hannafin. Yeah, and and when that Hannafin trade was made, I remember the first year when you guys were buzzing for months on months, and everyone was saying, "I oh, like wow. Hannafin. I like Hannafin, but I've crucified him in the last couple of weeks." So yeah, and it, it's hard when Dougie has obviously has his locker room stigma on him, but I mean he has year after year of good hockey. So who knows? I don't miss Dougie Hamilton at all, though. What What is it about him? What is it about? He's defensively horrendous. Okay. Well, See, one of the things that I get in a lot of arguments with my buddies on is, is when it comes to defensemen is I want my defensemen to put up points, but I'll trade some of the points for not shitty turnovers. Yeah. And 
Hamilton was like pizza up the middle every night, you know, and I couldn't handle it. Gotcha. So once again, breaking news is Brad doesn't like entertaining hockey. <laughs> I don't like turnovers. <laughs> there, there's the tweet. There it is. That That's the revenge tweet for the Pedersen tweet. And it's coming in hot right after this interview. <laughs> Um, that's about all the questions I got right now. I mean, we have one more matchup. We could kind of just wrap it up by talking about our outlooks for the season. We only play each other another one, another time later in the year. It's in Vancouver. Um, so it's pretty much curtains until the end of March here. And we're both sitting pretty close to each other. Um, yeah. Close a mile away in a way. Do yeah, you know what I mean? It, it does. Yeah. It's three points. First to fourth place. Um, fifth. Are you guys fifth now? Yeah, I think so. No, what when I when I wrote up this notes today, it was fourth. But fourth? Things happen, you know. Yeah. yeah, we're probably fourth today. Yeah, fourth today, first tomorrow, out of the playoffs the next day. You right? don't even know. Yeah, you just yeah, don't know it, anymore. It's the best division in hockey right now. That's my take on it. It's but, the most entertaining. Yes, we are fourth. Sorry. Do you want to grace my podcast and come on here and just admit that you would rather play Vancouver in the playoffs than Edmonton for pure entertainment? Um. Yeah, after last night, I definitely. Yeah, can I believe <laughs> I'm saying that. That that's what's that? I can't believe I'm saying that. I know, right? Because I think Vancouver's so much more talented as a as a group than Edmonton, and I think I know I might have to take that back because because I worry about your goaltending. Your goaltending is scares well, me. Yep, that's and it it should, but it it because Koskinen and Smith don't scare me. No, agreed. And it scares me. Well, the funny thing is, before last night's game, I'm pretty sure on that previous episode, I told I I said to you and the other guys, I said if there's one team in the Pacific that I want to play, it's Calgary, and I didn't know why, but I forget the reasons I used. But now I'm sitting here saying shit. I uh I will take that back. I'll (laughs) I'll pay to take that back, and I have no clue who I want to play anymore. But. I, mean, I don't either. I want to play Arizona. Yeah, I, I mean, we all suck right now. We're all riding like two, <laughs> two, seven, and one in the last ten. Like that's the entire Pacific Division. Once we start praising them, they all just start shitting the bed. I know. We all think we get good, and then it's like, oh, we're not good anymore. Yeah, it's not like that. Anyways, uh, thank you for coming on, Brad. Appreciate thank you it. so much. Yeah, I'm sure my guys are going to love this content. So good luck <laughs> to you and the Flames the rest of the season. You'll be seeing us and all of our fans on Twitter. We're coming at you hard. Oh, uh, you do that. Fire away at me, man. Love it. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. Brad, thank you so much for coming on to Stick and Ring Podcast. I think that's it, Elijah. Are we done? We're done, baby. Episode 39 in the books. Have a good week, everybody. We have another interview coming for you, like we said before, on episode 40, releasing this Thursday. You know what's crazy? On Thursday, EP40. Elias Patterson 40. Illuminati's real. Fuck. Did you catch that? I'm fully torqued. Epi 40. That. Can we end EP it on 40? that? EP 40? 100% end it on that. All right, let's Our do audience that. is fully torqued. We'll blue ball the shit out of you. See you on Thursday. And also, remember, Canucks fans must win games. Must, must win, win games. This is a must win game for the fans, too. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, harder, baby.